Hey guys, I hope you're all enjoying this podcast. I know I'm really enjoying doing it. It's my favorite thing to connect with people and go deep and see where our journeys overlap and how we can inspire each other through connection. And if you've ever thought about doing a podcast, I invite you to try it. It's really easy. And the platform that I'm using to create this podcast, Anchor, makes it really simple. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast, which means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've ever thought about it and you have an iPhone or a desktop that you can record podcasts at, Try it right away. It's really simple and fun, and it's a great way to connect and build community. Now back to the podcast. This is the Souls of San Francisco podcast by Souls of Society. I'm Dijon, founder of Souls of Society. Each week, we connect with a member of our community to hear their story and get to know them better so we can strengthen our community bond. All right, so... This is our next episode of Souls of San Francisco, the podcast. This is becoming my favorite part of this project because you get to have deeper conversations with people, and I think that's really cool. And today I'm here with Christy Davis. And Christy and I met at a party at the sub. Yes. Yeah, at uh, last Thursday's, which is like a monthly party that my friend Johnny Wynn puts on of cathedrals. How, how do you know those people? So uh, my friend Raina, who you also met at that same party, she met Eric, who is is part of that group as well. I Redisco Eric. Redisco Eric, okay. yeah. And I'm actually blanking on how they met, mm-hmm. but it was through Eric and through Raina, and we all ended up at that party. We've met Johnny. I've seen his band perform. So we started to see the same faces over and over. But that's how we first got invited into that group. Right on. Yeah. And I know a little bit about you. We've talked briefly. We just had dinner, but you're from Indiana. I'm from Indiana. Okay. Very small town. Uh-huh. What's the town? It's called Princeton. Nobody's ever heard of it unless they're perhaps from the Midwest, but it's southwestern Indiana, so it's right on the border of Kentucky and right on the border of Illinois, so tucked way down there. Everyone asks what the closest big city is, and the answer is there is not one. <laughs> so it's really out in the middle of nowhere, very small town. All right. And how long have you been out in San Francisco? Um, a little over a year. I moved here last spring. And what? Did you know people that moved out here? What was your impetus for moving? Um, it was a new job. So I was looking, I was living in Chicago, looking for new jobs, and I wasn't planning on moving away, but I just happened upon a really good opportunity. It's a company based in Chicago that was looking for representation on the West Coast. I knew two people when I moved here, one of those who doesn't even live here anymore, <laughs> but I was able to, um, from that one person and just from other connections, grow a network of friends that I have today, which has been really amazing. So what was your community like back home in Princeton? Well, that was, that's so long ago. So it was, you know, almost half my life ago I left, you know, so I left Princeton when I was 18 and I went to college. So it's been so long ago and I was definitely different in high school than I am today. I was a lot quieter, a lot more shy, but I was very fortunate to have four really good girlfriends, the five of us, just we spent all of high school together, which was really cool. 
But when I went to high school, I really expanded my circle, and I've done that, I think, everywhere I've moved as well, from college to Chicago and now to here. So you spent your life in Chicago before anywhere else? I went from uh, college to Indianapolis to Chicago to San Francisco, so kind of baby steps. Where'd you go to college? And I started at Ball State. I wanted to be an architect, and I, um, I did finish my degree, but I was figuring out that I wanted to pursue engineering instead. And so after Ball State, I went to Purdue, so both Indiana schools, but I was really lucky to have really good in-state schools. And after Purdue, I went to Indianapolis, so I was baby stepping it up from a medium-sized university to a large university to the biggest city in Indiana. I worked there for three years, then bumped it up to Chicago, you know, the, what, second second largest city in the country, third, whatever it is. And then from there, being in the Midwest, near my family, and moving all the way to a coast was a pretty big step last year. Hmm. So how has your transition been? Did you experience culture shock when you got here? <laughs> culture shock. Um, it's different out here, but in a good way. Um, I would say the one thing that surprised me, I sort of knew it, but San Francisco is really small, both in land area and population. And that's been an interesting transition from a really big city like Chicago. So that was one of the biggest changes to deal with, I think, is just the scale. And it's turned out to be really cool because I love the meeting the friends of friends and the intertwining and you know, like just how we met and seeing you and then seeing you in other places. And you don't get that in some of the bigger cities. So you, I, that smallness has turned out to be good. But for some reason at first, it didn't seem good. I, I can't quite pinpoint why. Mm-hmm. There's something about a really big city and anonymity and a newness that, that can that's there. And um, But I've really fallen in love with Um, with San Francisco and with the culture here and I really connect with it so it's not been a shock it's been more of just me finding my place and what is your place what cultures have you connected to (laughs) well um, I've certainly connected with the burner culture out here just the really the creativity of that the the free spirits the the interesting things that these people come up with I love how People just are who they are, and you see that just all the time, which I, I really, I really enjoy the, the, the uniqueness and the creativity and the art everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I would say the burner culture in particular, but just the general open-mindedness and the general craziness that I see everywhere, I particularly love. Do you stay connected with anybody that you like grew up with or went to college with? Or, I mean, I know you're... Like you're, it seems like you're evolving and moving to new spaces. So, like, do your relationships carry over? Do you feel like you've kind of outgrown them? That's a great question. I would say it's a little bit of both. You know, so my my best friend um, lives in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and he and I met in college, and we have really stayed connected over the years. And we've gone in and out of each other's lives. And he um, he and I were roommates in Chicago for a few years, which was a really special time. So to know him in college to do our own thing, to be roommates, now to be doing our own thing again is really special. Um, I miss him, but we really, I think, maintain a closeness, which is awesome, and I hope we can continue that. 
Um, my one girlfriend that I mentioned, the reason I met you, Raina, we actually met freshman year of college. And so similarly, for the past 15 years, our lives have been intertwining with each other, which has been the coolest thing to see. Mm-hmm. We went to college together. We lived in Chicago, but at somewhat different times. So, you know, um, we were there a little bit together, but a little bit not. And then now we're, you know, closer than we've ever been, mm-hmm. which is a cool thing. I would say that when I look at other college friends and other high school friends that they're, I know what's going on with them and vice versa, but the closeness has has drifted. And maybe that's just the nature of you. I want to spend time with people in person, right? And so I think that I've started cultivating the relationships of people near to me and perhaps letting some of the others go a little bit. And it doesn't mean I don't care about those people, but I I would say that I cultivate the relationships of people that I can see in person. That's more special. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. And I heard someone say recently that they like don't even really talk to the people that aren't around them because they see what they're doing on Facebook and Instagram and they're like, what do you need to talk about? And, if, and I was like, oh, that's not nice. But then I thought about <laughs> it and I was like, I guess that is kind of true. I mean, hearing it from their perspective is like, I guess, slightly different, but still it's like well I see that you know you went to Spain and it looked awesome you know it sounds harsh but it's it's kind of accurate right yeah. you see some pictures you you say you like click like you <laughs> put a comment you look great and you kind of move on yeah that's yeah. a that's maybe a harsh way to say it, but I, I would not say it's inaccurate I think I agree with you yeah I mean yeah it seems in some way disconnected but also I guess you have the ability to connect with more people Right. And have more awareness of like more of what's going on in different people's lives, maybe yeah. than we ever have before. Absolutely. I know a good friend of mine, my oldest friend, or at least we haven't talked in a while, but he just had a second baby, and I saw that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And like that's something I definitely have been meaning to call him about. I saw it like four days ago, and I was like, oh, I should call him, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, but it's just funny how our the way we interact with each other has changed. Has completely changed. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. I feel like San Francisco is at the forefront of that. With the tech and everything. Change. With the ways of, yeah. yeah. Especially, do you do Snapchat? Maybe we're too old for that. I'm a little bit too old. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a little. I mean, I have it. I actually cannot tell you the last time I used it. Yeah. So it's for me, I haven't really gotten into yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like that's a slight, that's how you know you're old when you're, and you're like, I'm too old for this, yeah. this new social media, but yeah, yeah, because that's even more, you can actually see what people are doing. Right? In those like, moments. People like, really, yeah. which seems kind of excessive to me, but mm-hmm. that's also, I guess, how you know you're getting old. When, you're like, <laughs> when you don't get it, you're like, I don't get it. Right. Then, then you know you've right, yeah. Yeah, hit another decade or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so what's your, do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger sister. Okay. Yeah. How old is she? Um, so let's see, she just turned 29. Okay. So I'm four and a half years older and, uh, she's married and has a a son, my nephew, who is a little over one and a half. He'll be two in January. Yeah. And they live um, back home in Princeton. So I see them whenever I go home, um, a couple times a year. I'll see them again at Christmas. Mm. So does all your family live in Princeton still? Only my parents and then and then my sister and her family. My parents are from Ohio, and so all my extended family is in Ohio near Cincinnati. 
So I have a grandma, variety of aunts and uncles, some cousins that live in the Cincinnati area. Mm. So, um, all, but then, yeah, all my family that is there in the Midwest, except for um, me moving to the West Coast, and then I do have one cousin who moved to New York City. So she and I went to each coast from the Midwest, but everyone else is still around there when I go back, which is nice to see everybody. Hold it down for the day. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I always have a really interesting experience when I go back to Atlanta because... I mean, I know you probably experienced this too, but, you know, you evolve and you've, you get kind of like further out, you know, ideologically from where you began. So every time you come back down, I feel like it's like jumping on a trampoline almost, you know, you like ground into that space and you like shoot off and then each time you like go, go further higher. away. It's a good analogy. Um, but it's, it's a trip, you know, like as you evolve relating to your family you know, what's your experience when you go back home? Are you close with your family or is it shift every time you come home? It's kind of a different thing. Yeah, I would say it's probably different every time. You know, I'm, I, I do feel like I'm close with my family. I'm really fortunate to have parents who just are so loving and so, and supportive. And, um, I know that they're sad. I, I live so far away and I mean, I'm certainly sad. I don't see them more often, but they always told me that I could be anything I want to be. And, they should know that I listened <laughs> and that I keep pushing that envelope. And so I really, I enjoy pushing that and, and I know I have their support and their love, which is really cool. But I agree that as I push that envelope and as I move further from home and do other interesting things that you're right, maybe that trampoline bounce goes higher and maybe, you know, you lose some of that connectivity um, but you know, I definitely still talk to you know my family regularly, which is great. Um, right now, I'm on a cycle to see them two or three times a year, which isn't a lot. So I'd love for that that to increase if possible. Um, but it's been it's been nice so far. We've we've stayed connected so far since I moved so far from home. How long is the flight? How long does it take you to get back home? Well, what's frustrating is that I have to make a connection, you know. And so what? Yeah, um, you know, it takes. I basically fly to Chicago, make a connection, do a little pedal jumper to Cincinnati, and then drive over from there. So, I mean, it's it's a long trek. It's a day's worth of travel, basically, yeah. each way. And it's expensive. So, it's it's fr- it's hard. It's frustrating. Yeah. I joke with my parents that they need to move to a more major metropolitan area with an airport. <laughs> so, that would be really helpful to me. Would they ever do that? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. So, mm-hmm. that's all right. I'll get home. I'll, I'll take my multi-flights, you know, multi-hour drive home to get home. But mm-hmm. but it does make it a little bit extra challenging. Um, just something about San Francisco is a small airport, and then something about flying to the Midwest, all those kind of mid-sized cities, there's actually not a lot of great ways to get there. I don't think people realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you have a specific, like, mission or purpose or dream that you're acting on by going to all these places or are you just exploring and getting to the end of that place and be like all right now somewhere new i would say it's the latter i would say i'm just exploring i never thought i would really venture that far out perhaps um i think i do have an adventurous spirit that's been inside but i i wasn't going after it and then when this job this very safe job opportunity that was you know based in Chicago something about all of that was very 
comfortable and then got me out here and it has turned out to be the most exciting thing for me so I think that's really opened my eyes to the potential that I would adventure further someday but I wouldn't say that I have any particular goal or mindset I just appreciate the fact that I've realized how you know uprooting and doing something to change things experience a new culture experience new people has been more fulfilling than I would have ever realized and the truth is I think I would do it again Mm. as much as I love it here I'm not going anywhere anytime soon but I the experience was so interesting that I would do that kind of a move again yeah well you can experience the whole world here I I think that's the draw of San Francisco it's cosmopolitan Mm -hmm. um and it's a town like you said too Mm mm-hmm and there's the ocean and the mountains and nature. Yeah. I, I think Northern California is beautiful. It's stunning. And I've been having a lot of fun just adventuring throughout Northern California and the Pacific Northwest, which luckily I cover for work. And so I actually get to go on a lot of work trips that take me to the the beautiful parts of our country that I had never even seen before. Where have you been? Uh, well, this summer, for example, I went to Montana. I cover the state of Montana and everyone for work, at work kind of made fun of me a little bit about, like, you know, what's going on in Montana? You know, who lives in Montana? But, you know, jokes on them because it was a beautiful state. And I flew in, and I did a whole state tour. I hit a bunch of cities for work, but then I also spent a weekend uh, hiking in Glacier National Park. And it was a really, really beautiful trip that really I was able to build around a work trip. And I was there with some friends for the weekend, but then I just drove myself across, across the state and... Although it was a little quiet and boring at times, the scenery was so beautiful. I was really appreciative that I got to see it. That's cool. I think it's cool you have an adventurous spirit to just be like, I'm going to just go do this myself and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm definitely a very adventurous spirit too. And I've been many places by myself. And I'm still that way. But the last time I was in Maui, I had been like traveling a bunch. And I connected with this like two-year-old that that just felt like my son. He didn't really feel like my son, like he was my son. It's just like we just had this really intense like bond. So I hung out with his mother and his grandmother and like I just was staying at their house and like playing with them during the day. And it was so different than my life in San Francisco, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it was just like night and day. But I was really fulfilled mm-hmm. doing it. I was just like I could just play with this kid. Like, <laughs> teach him how to read you know and like and that trip when I came back from Maui it was a lot of weird stuff was going on like I think I had a panic attack on the plane like I felt like sick you know like I've had a heartbreak before from like a romantic relationship and this was like a a very different variety you know like it made me physically like sick like I don't know. I'd never experienced anything like that before. And there was crazy turbulence on the plane, like the worst turbulence I had ever experienced, you know? Mm-hmm. And after that, I was just like, I don't so much just want to be on this solo adventure kick anymore, you know? Like the next time I take a a flight, like I want to be with people that I care about, right. you know? And, Interesting, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like... It clicked with it, Something you. clicked right there. On that, on that trip back. Okay. Yeah. And then the idea of having kids became, like, much more of a reality. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, like, something you answer in conversation, like, oh, yeah, I want to have kids someday, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was like, actually, yeah, I want to have kids. Like, yeah. I want a family. 
That's so interesting, a big life-changing moment. Yeah, and I didn't really choose it, you know, it chose me. Like, I met, so I knew his grandmother, who is, it's weird calling um, her a grandmother, because I think she's only, like, like 50, but, <laughs> uh, but she is his grandmother, and I met her the first time I went to Maui. So I was, like, walking along the beach, and she was like, Dijon, and I, and I went over and gave her a hug, and then I felt something grab my calf, like wrap its arm around my calf, and, and, and I looked down, and it was that baby. And then we, like, after that, we were just like, we're like, well, yeah, what's up, you know? Wow. Yeah, it's special. It's funny. Life is funny like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're interested in, in kids? I'm not sure. Yeah? I would, um, I would lean toward no, but I, I would say I could change my mind. Yeah. That's, you know, changed my mind over the years, so I would say that's my current thought, but I, like I said, I don't see myself as having a ton of specific goals and ideas as just, like, continuing the exploration. Just taking life as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that's how I feel about that, too. It's, yeah, I would say it's a no, but not a strong no. Uh-huh. That works. What about partnership? Is that something you're interested in? Or are you like solo exploration? It is. That's something I would really like to have. Yeah. Love to have someone to explore life with. That's no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. In your experience in San Francisco, have you done like the, the Tinder thing or, <laughs> you know, tried to meet people that way? Very minimal. So I, um, I had not even been on an online dating app in all of 2015 until recently, but I, I, I kind of had thought to myself that this fall I would maybe give it a go again. So, you know, it's a very heavy tech culture here. There's opportunity there to meet people you wouldn't meet otherwise. So I'm kind of in the process of giving that another chance, but it's very, it's very new. I don't, I don't love it, but I do appreciate that it could give me some opportunities that I'm not meeting, you know, I'm not meeting people in other ways. But I have done little to no dating yeah. <laughs> in, in my whole time of San Francisco, actually. By choice, or by mostly by choice, yeah, yeah. I uh, after the first of the year, I really focused on on myself and being happy, being on my own, and on cultivating friendships, and that has turned out to be a really amazing choice for me because I realized before. I was single, but I, I wasn't always happy being single. And so for the first time, I truly worked on being happy being single. And there's a really big difference between the two. And it's a big difference that I don't think everybody realizes or gives enough credit to. So once I was truly happy, it really opened the door to all kinds of friendships and just happiness and and even actually potential dating partners that came into my life without me even trying, which was a first. So I feel like there's some insights in there. How did you learn how to be happy? Great question. Um, I think that it was a choice that I had to work on, and it wasn't natural at first. But then at some point, it clicked. I mean, I really think happiness is a choice. And I think, uh, yeah, I guess that's the simplest way to say it. And I mean, and luckily I was, 
was building friendships. And so my, for the first time too, in just so long, my friendships were so fulfilling that I actually didn't feel, feel loneliness in my life anymore. Whereas before I had always felt loneliness. And I, I think I always thought that lonely place was because of a significant other. And in this case, my loneliness was gone, which was a really great feeling. Mm. So you don't feel lonely now? I don't, no. Now, there are times, certainly, where where I do or where I would like to have that significant other for multiple reasons. But I would say that I don't feel lonely very often anymore, mm. which is which is really great. It's... You know, I think loneliness is very hard, and it's not something I would wish upon anyone. So, you know, people that feel lonely, that makes me very, very sad. And I hope that anyone could find a way to fill that void in their life, in whatever way it may be. You know, it's kind of a void. And it doesn't have to be another person. It doesn't have to be a significant other. It it could be any kind of uh, something that brings you happiness, that makes you feel complete. Totally. There's a big difference between loneliness and aloneness. Yes, yes. Um, That was something I also struggled to, like, kind of understand and figure out. And now, since my life is so jam-packed with human interaction, which I obviously love, it just makes me love my alone time that much more. Um, Earlier this year, I decided I was going to get up to see 100 sunrises in a row, and... I stopped around 55. <laughs> um, a friend of mine passed, and I was on vacation. And it just like was a, I was just like, I'm stopping right now. And I tried mm-hmm. to start it again, and it just didn't really, my body didn't really want to. Okay. Um, but that time in the morning when I was alone was like by far my like favorite mm. part of the day. It was like I would um, oil pull, which is swishing coconut oil in your mouth to like clean your mouth and like remove <laughs> toxins and go walk up the hill there like to the park like with a podcast or like with some music and like walk through the park for like 40 minutes you know mm-hmm. and just like be in my own zone and it was interesting the relationships I developed just through that because there was a group of Chinese women that always would be out there like on the corner so when I, w- I would always come out and there's one woman who was like really excited and she would like <laughs> wave at me every morning um and you just see the same people because everyone's like on their routine and I would come back and write my gratitude journal and like make myself tea and maybe go to a yoga class and then come back and edit some pictures eat breakfast and then by that time, it's like 10.30, and you're just like, oh, man, I've had like this whole... You've had a whole day, a whole day. already. Yeah. And then that way, if I have that time to myself, then when I go out in the world, especially since San Francisco is such a town, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people because of the work that I do, I can like visit. Like when, people, like when I run into people, I can like have a conversation with them instead of being like, I've got to go, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I feel like... Cities in general, and probably San Francisco especially, can be, like, a very lonely place for a lot of people because, like, everything has to be done, like, now. Mm -hmm. People are like, can you do this now? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so rushed, you know? And, like, technology makes time speed up. Mm -hmm. So, like, this type of interaction is becoming more rare where people Mm -hmm. just, like, 
slow down, like, look the person in the eyes, mm-hmm. have a conversation, you know, like, just let it have space. Right. Right. But I it's think, really valuable. I think people don't understand how people in cities can be lonely, but I think that they're often, I mean, just a, there's a, often a lot of loneliness in cities. I was definitely more lonely in Chicago than I've ever been in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think people often will be busy and not full. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you like to spend your time? Well, one thing I've really gotten into out here, uh, I know it's a stereotype, but is yoga. <laughs> but, um, you know, all my girlfriends do yoga, and they were really trying to get me into it. And, you know, finally one day I went with them. They were right. You know, they, they said, Christy, you're going to love it. Just we love it. Trust us. And, you know, I know something was holding me back, but I was able to get past that and let that go. And um, went with them to um, hot vinyasa class, and I've been going a lot ever since, which has been really amazing. And for me, it's been a great physical transformation, you know, feeling better, um, you know, just, you know, feeling my body get stronger and, you know, you carry confidence with you, you know, when you feel toned and fit. And, but for me, I really do appreciate the spiritual part of it. So I do really appreciate the teachers who take the time at the, the beginning and end of class to really get you into that focused place and, you know, to offer up, you know, a dedication for your practice. I, those are my favorite teachers by far where I can get in there and my mind can really be clear you know I love I have to admit I love the classes with kind of loud music where I can lose myself in that music and just really focus on the moves and come out of it in a different place so yoga has been um, a way that I really love to spend my time here have you always been interested in spirituality is that a newer thing well it was uh you know I was raised in a church so I spent my whole life in a church and then um, I'm not sure what I think about all that stuff these days. I, I would say I definitely am interested in spirituality. I think there's, there's something inside of me that is thinking about what's out there and, you know, about, it's hard to say for sure. This is an area I don't have a, I don't, I don't, haven't really found my way, but I, I like the idea that when you offer up something that really, you know, that will give someone else something good in return, you know, things like, things like karma and things like goodness, just, you know, those are, those are things that I like to believe in and like to think about. Um, but this is, yeah, this is an area of my, of my life that probably um, needs some more consideration, but I haven't really given it that. Mm. Well, it sounds like you're starting along that. Path. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you explored meditation at all? I haven't, and i I think i I think I would like it. I think I should. You know, it's kind of one of those things that's maybe on that back of my mind to do list. You know, because I, when I go to those classes and I can get in that place and come out feeling better, that's really great. But mm-hmm. if I could do that on my own. Um, you know, and do it regularly and, and things like that. That w- I think that would be really, really a powerful thing to be able to do some of that on my own, or or maybe with small groups, like with my friends, or, or right. something along those lines, instead of just relying on classes. Yeah, I think both of those are accessible. Yeah. So there's a good app called Headspace, um, and they have guided meditations. They also have just timed meditations with no talking. Um, 
but it's cool because there's a communal aspect to it. Like you can have buddies oh, neat. on the app so that like I'm not on it anymore, but you would be able to look and, and see like Dijon has meditated six days in a row, right? For this amount of time. And it also keeps your own stats for like how often you meditate, how long you meditate, like all that stuff, which for me, I just, I just liked it. You know, like if I meditated three days in a row, I'm more likely to meditate the fourth day because mm-hmm. I like want to keep the street going. Keep it going. Yeah. Um, just to make it like tangible in some way. Mm-hmm. And there are also like many groups, um, as in a lot and small, um, groups that have mm-hmm. meditation all over the city, you know, that would be cool. Uh, if you want, I can definitely plug you into like those communities and you can like check it out and see if it's your thing. Yeah. I think it'd be something I like to research more. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's just the, the vibe of that particular group, you know, I mean, I guess that's all what it is. Right? That's all what it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's why like, I connect with some teachers and some, you know, uh, you know, other, yeah, more than others. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's good spiritual benefits of meditation, but also like physiological benefits because, mm-hmm. you know, we, there's so much stimulation in a city. Mm-hmm. So if you're like allowing yourself to sit quietly, it mm-hmm. like gives your body's like central nervous system a chance to like chill, mm-hmm. you know, and just be like, I'm not going to be over hyperstimulated. Yeah. You know? I like it. Yeah. Um, so what's your next trip? You were telling me about a trip you're going on soon. Oh yeah, I fly out, to, well yeah, for work I fly out to Seattle tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I take about one or two trips a month I would say, so this week is one of those weeks, so I'll be gone just Tuesday through Friday. That Those kinds of trips are pretty common. Nice short flight, just to Seattle and back. Yeah. Yeah. One or two trips a month, you said? One or two a month, yeah. And that's... Since and you've been working there, this place a year. Yeah, a little over. So since last spring. Yeah. That's kind of a lot of flying to me. It seems like. Yeah, I mean there are there are months when I overdo it on the travel and then kind of spend a whole month not traveling and vice versa. So I would yeah there was last November I took eleven flights, and that was way too many. Yeah. <laughs> Um, most of the time, if I can keep it one to two trips, then I, I feel pretty good about it. So do you have a choice about that? I do. So the great news is that, I mean, I have a lot, you know, I have a lot of, um, tasks to accomplish and a lot of those are in other cities, but I have a lot of control over when and how I accomplish them. So that has, that's been really great for me. So I have to go to conferences and meetings and there are things out of my control, but a lot of the other trips I really can make my own and that makes them much less stressful, you know, when I can really, um, just think about spacing them out nicely and give myself a little bit of break working just in the Bay area as needed. So that's why overall it's good. Yeah. So what is your day to day life work experience like? Yeah. So, you know, every day is different, which is one thing I really like about it. But when I'm in the Bay area and working from home, you know, it's, it's just, um, so it's me working from home. I work for, I'm the only employee, um, you know, here, my company's based in Chicago. So I, my two nearest coworkers are in Portland and LA. And so I'm here in San Francisco. I, I get up and, um, you know, everyone on the East coast and so on has already been working. So I kind of get caught up on the day and then, um, I am planning future trips. I am researching new, um, 
new ideas like for presentations because we're, we're one thing I do is I give presentations and so I'm you know learning about new things that we're adding into our presentations I um I research what projects are going on in my area so I read the San Francisco Business Times other kinds of business journals kind of scour for projects that are out there and then reach out to people ask about these projects and ideas so that's kind of how we spend my day I do um try to work in events like dinner meetings and networking, social events, panel discussions, um, go on site visits, go to construction sites and visit, you know, what's going on with those projects. So I definitely try when I'm here locally, I still try to get out of my apartment multiple times a week, whether that's a lunch meeting, a coffee meeting, a happy hour meeting, a, a site visit, a presentation, whatever it may be. All right. Yeah. And then what about non-work hours? What's your idea of fun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, just kind of what we all love to do here, eat and drink, you know. So going out to great happy hour place, grabbing a good bite to eat, um, a wine bar, um, any and all of that, you know, on the weekends that you can find me at the park. Definitely, you know, Dolores Park is, you know, probably my favorite spot in the entire city. So I would say that's all pretty good. What common. about it do you like? I like the people watching at Dolores Park. It's a lot of good people watching. <laughs> it's just the most fun group of anything and everything. You know, just every kind of group of people you can possibly want all in one park together. And they're just always there. And the weather's beautiful. You have the view of the city. Yeah, you're relaxing in the park with your bottle of wine, with your friends, with... You know, dogs running around and, um, you know, people, you know, twirling hula hoops. I, I love the Loris Park. <laughs> right on. <laughs> and uh, do you like to create things? Are you artistic? Um, my artistic side is not... Um, is not visual as much as so I um, I sing for fun in my spare time. So for me, I think that's how my artistic side comes out. I mean, that definitely counts. Yeah, so <laughs> that definitely counts. Saying, yeah, that's art. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think people always, when you say the word art, they, they only think of like visual art, like painting or drawing. Like that's what they like think. Like something they can see and touch. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, singing... I mean, it's all art, you know, manipulation of vibration. I think music is like the most powerful thing there is, mm -hmm. really. It's like the, it's the most, it's the universal language, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What kind okay. of stuff do you like to sing? I like to sing musical theater. <laughs> so I have a, um, I have a lot of vibrato in my voice, which is, you know, basically when you hold a note and it, the sound goes up and down and it has that wavy sound to it. Mm -hmm. And it just has a very kind of distinct trained sound, which lends itself to musical theater in particular. Um, I also, you know, kind of like to sing Disney. Like people seem to think I sound like a Disney character. <laughs> oh, what do you say? So when I sing, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't like. I don't really like singing popular music. I don't really, cause I don't sound like pop artists or whatever, you know, and, and people expect you to sound that way. So I have this, um, yeah, just kind of like trained wavy quality to my voice that lends itself, which I, mean, I love. I love musicals. I love musical theater. I love music that tells a story that conveys emotion. Um, can we get a little sample of the voice? <laughs> a little sample. Uh huh. Okay, well, my most requested song, and 
a really, really fun one. It's from a very popular yeah. Disney movie that Is some people recognize. No, but that's a great one. That's a duet. Okay. But the big solo is, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl? The girl who has everything. Do you recognize her? Is that Beauty and the Beast? It's Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's one of my favorites to do karaoke and, you know, wherever. Yeah. And I actually did a Disney show when I was still living in Chicago and I got to sing that song. So I actually got to, you know, kind of rehearse it, sing it live in front of an audience kind of in a serious way outside of karaoke and... It was really magical. <laughs> it's just such a great song. Well, it's cool. I can definitely hear you have a trained voice. Like, it's, it sounds trained. Like, it sounds, like, kind of strong and crisp. Yeah, kind yeah. of like that beltiness. So it just lends itself to that style, which I do happen to also love. Like, whenever I took my Montana trip and I was in the car for hours and hours, and it gets a little bit tiring, I switched to my cabaret Spotify list, and I was just belting out show tunes for hours. And uh -huh. I was having a great time. <laughs> so if anyone, you know, passed me, and I mean, I was full belting in the car, and it was great. That sounds pretty <laughs> fun. Um, audiobooks, podcasts. You yeah. You don't do those? You know, I don't. I mean, I guess I just, I should, but I love music so much, so when I'm in the car, I just, I love listening to music. I love music too, but it, it's like, I mean, I really love music. Like, I listen to the same album many, many times. Like, that's my thing. Um, but in the car when I'm driving, sometimes the music, like, listening to it just, like, makes me zone out. Mm -hmm. And, like, someone speaking will, like, stimulate my mind in a different way mm -hmm. so that I can, like, pay attention while right. I'm driving. Um, That's a good point. It's something I haven't tried. Yeah, it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should try it. <laughs> I would recommend Serial if you haven't heard of that podcast. Oh, I have heard of it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. And, obviously, there are many episodes of this podcast now. <laughs> so this can be one. You want to get to know other people. Or listen to yourself on a podcast. <laughs> um, hmm. What else, Christy? Hmm. Hmm. I think it's an interesting thing that you're so go with the flow, you know? Like, is there anything definitively you feel like you're like, I want this out of life? I want my life to go this way. Great question. I mean, I think that I used to think that. You know, I used to, I think I used to just want really traditional things. Like I wanted to, you know, you know, get married and have kids and settle down and stuff. But since I have gotten older and some of that stuff hasn't happened for me and I've done other things and found other happiness that, I don't know. That's such a great question. I I guess I just do take it a little bit more one step at a time, more go with the flow. Just my eyes have been open to these other possibilities out there. It seems like a good way to be. You know, then I guess you don't have disappointments because you're not really expecting anything. Yeah, maybe. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean... I'm sure at some point I'll come up with some more stronger you know ideas and goals and future plans but right now the goal the go with the flow is just great and it's something that that works and makes me happy 
Yeah, I feel like I have a a mix, a nice mix of those things that works for me. You know, like I'm very have very specific plans about what I want to do with my life and what kind of timelines I want to do those things on. But then within that, there's like a lot of space, right? Like, right. Like I want to do certain things with this project, right? Mm -hmm. But the actual creation of the project is very synchronistic. Right. Right. I'm just like walking around and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to this person now. Right. right? And then who knows where that relationship is going to lead. You know, maybe that person hires me to do some project and then, you know. But you're still working within kind of an overall timeline and overall goals. Yeah. It's different. like, yeah, yeah, there's a framework for it, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I found that if you can identify kind of the long-term direction, then you can also identify like certain things that will get you to that place. That makes sense. And then everything else is a no, yeah. right? Yeah. Because that's now that the internet exists, you know, you have access to everything and yeah. San Francisco is kind of like that. Like you have access to everything. Yeah. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want here. Um, yeah. and part of coming here is like being able to experience and experiment with like what your scene is but then once you kind of figure it out you're like all right let's like reel in a little <laughs> bit and now I recognize that this is the sliver that I want to put my energy into yeah. you know and grow um, at least that's been my experience, your experience. Yeah. that makes sense I think that I'm yeah, I think I'm still figuring things out. Yeah. yeah I'm a step behind you. Well, I mean, it's not, you can't compare your where you are to anyone else because everyone's on their own. On their own timeline. Time yeah. mm -hmm. um, but it's fun. I mean, that's the fun of it, you know? Yeah. I'm coming up on nine years in San Francisco, so I'm trying to figure out what my next steps are. Yeah. You know? And um, I was traveling last year to a bunch of places before last year I had left the United States and then in the last year I did Berlin well I went from here to New York to Berlin Istanbul Atlanta LA San Diego Joshua Tree Sedona Grand Canyon Portland Maui Costa Rica and then back to San Francisco and it's like, there's so much more to see. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I really want to go to Italy and Tokyo yeah. and Peru yeah. and Stockholm, South Africa. Do you want to travel outside the United States or have you? I do. And I have. Um, it's been a long time. So um, I was lucky enough that right after high school, I went on a, a class trip to Europe and we went to France, Italy and Monaco. So it was really cool. It was one of those very jam-packed, kind of tourist-filled vacations, but it was incredible. I got to see all the hot spots. You know, we flew into Paris and, you know, went to the Louvre, saw the Eiffel Tower, you know, went to Versailles, um, went down to the French Riviera, spent a day in Monaco, and then kept going down into uh, Italy and saw Florence and Rome. So it was, it was jam-packed but gorgeous, but that was right after I graduated high school, which has been so long ago. And so now I, I'm ready to go to go back, but also see new places. Mm -hmm. Living on the West Coast has changed some of my thoughts about where I want to go. And I really think I want to go to Southeast Asia. Um, I've had a lot of friends go to Thailand, 
and it just sounds like they had the most amazing experiences both in Thailand and down in the islands. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really on my radar to see. Um, but I mean, I, and I want to go back to Europe as well. I mean, the, the list is endless. I've never been to South America. I've never been to Africa. So <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> so much to see. So much to see. Is it possible to swing that with your job? Unfortunately, not with my job because we are a domestic-only company. Hmm. So, you know, I'm very fortunate to get to travel domestically for work, and I am still racking up, you know, some of the airline points and yeah, hotel points. you must points. have a fuck ton of miles. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do have I have a lot of miles, and I have a lot of hotel points, which is very fortunate. And then that lends itself to, you know, adding a day or two to a work trip here or there, right, and still, you know, you know making it very affordable. Um, so I'll be able to work that into an international trip, I'm sure, but not have, haven't been able to do that quite yet, not quite yet. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Next year I get to go to Maui for work for a conference. So that, I mean, that'll be really great. Have you so, been before? And I haven't been. I haven't been to Hawaii. And we're going to be in Maui on, um, on Kanapali Beach, I believe it is. So I've been to Maui several times. Okay. And it's very magical. Okay. Maui is where I met that little boy. I was oh, yeah. About. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the Hawaiian Islands are like magic and not in a like turn a phrase way like in a literal way like they're magic and it's kind of hard to explain till you get there mm-hmm. but the manifestation is like super quick right mm-hmm. like here you think about something that you want like I want to make dinner you know and then like, go to the grocery store and like cook the stuff and there's like time that passes and like energy that's put into stuff but on Maui you'll be like oh I'm kind of hungry like on the beach, and then somebody will walk by and be like, do you want the rest of the sandwich, you know? <laughs> like, I'm serious, and that, and that just keeps happening, and then you're just like, what is going on, you know? Like, everything I think and put out is, like, immediately returned back to me. Very interesting. But then once you're there long enough, you just accept it. You're like, oh, this is just how it works, you know? I can just, like, manifest things. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because... To me, I think places are more than just different geographical locations. They're kind of like different wavelengths of like consciousness. You know, there's like different states of mind, like a New York state of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. That's everybody agreeing to kind of engage in a certain way and like mm-hmm. hold certain values that are consistent. Uh, and Hawaii has its own value system. Like even the language, right, is very specific and invokes certain energy. Like aloha, right? It's very mm-hmm. different than goodbye or hello, right. you know. Right. Um, our, like the Hawaiian language um, never has two consonants next to each other because the, the vowels stand for spirit, represent spirit, and the consonants represent matter. And since it's more of a spiritual place, it's like words always begin and end in vowels. Oh, and there's interesting. never two consonants next to each other. Okay. So, like, aloha. It's like has this opening mm-hmm. thing. Or like Maui. Or like Hawaii. You know, <laughs> it's just like, I'm excited for you to go and experience Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I got to go to Anchorage last year as well. So I cover Alaska. And so, I mean, that was a pretty fantastic experience as well. What was that like? And um, I went up uh, just one day early, and I went on a cruise to see glaciers, and it was it was just completely stunning. Um, so we saw like twenty two glaciers. We saw tons of wildlife. We actually saw a baby black bear kind of roaming the shoreline. 
um, you know, bald eagles, um, and then just all kinds of other, you know, sea life. And um, it was, it was really, really neat. And, you know, I was just all by myself on a work trip, but you get on this little boat to go out and see this stuff and everybody comes, becomes friends with everybody. So that was a, a really fun experience of, you know, going and doing something on your own, but it really just become, you, you're not alone. You know, you, you make friends, you, you see all this magic together. It was really, it was really a lot of fun. And then I was, um, and then I was there in Anchorage for the rest of the week and it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to go back. I didn't make it back to Alaska for work this year, but I'm sure I will next year. Mm-hmm. And I'll check out even more. Right on. So you definitely got a good situation with the work travel. Yes. Um, See, positive, not so bad, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as your involvement in the community, like what communities outside of, you told me Burning Man culture, mm-hmm. like are you plugged into and like how do you want to add to like San Francisco? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, one way I spent my time in Chicago that I haven't really done here is that um, I'm a really huge animal lover. And when I was in Chicago, I volunteered at an animal shelter. And it was really how I spent a ton of my time. And I got and I got so much out of it. And I, I mean, I loved it. And it's something that I've not done in San Francisco yet, but it's kind of on that to-do list. So it's not a way that I'm giving currently, but it's a way that I think I would like to get into it as well. You know, we're very lucky, actually. I know a little bit about the system, but we're very lucky in San Francisco because we save most of our animals and we adopt most of them out. And people seem to have an understanding that, you know, adopting and saving these animals is really important. And they, they've had a lot of success, whereas Chicago and other parts of the country have not. But... Um, I still would like to go and be a volunteer and, and get back in that way. So I don't know if I have a, a way that I'm really giving, but a way, but I guess maybe more ways that I want to be giving back. I'm still finding myself in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And what's one of your favorite things about yourself? <laughs> one of my favorite things about myself? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a really hard question. Um, I mean, I, I guess I would like to say, I, and I truly think, I think I'm very open-minded. And I just find, and I know my initial my initial reaction and the judgments I have aren't always the, you know, as pure as I want them to be. But overall, I really hope that I, that I really am a very open-minded, accepting person. And that's a quality that I also really seek in others. And I really admire it when I find it. And, and, and whenever someone is, is very specifically, you know, closed-minded and judgmental, it's, that's something that's really hard for me because I don't, I don't understand, you know, judging someone because they're different. And so I guess that's what I would go with is open-minded, is open-mindedness. And I do, I do enjoy San Francisco and being surrounded by like-minded people. So in my own way, I've just kind of, you know, found my people, and maybe I'm not as exposed to some of those differences, if that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, that's something that's a quality that I, I really strive for and I really look for in mm-hmm. people that I surround myself with. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel like your, your gifts are? 
tough questions now. My gifts. Um, well, you know, one thing I, f- I do, I do feel like I'm, I'm really outgoing. I'm definitely an extrovert and I like bringing people together. And I think I've been able to do that in a lot of ways. And I think that's why in San Francisco, my friend group has grown in a very much exponential manner. It's been really exciting. The friends of friends has grown like quickly for me. And so I think, I think it is a gift to bring people together and connect people. And it's something that like me and my roommate have done, you know, by hosting at our place because we are fortunate to have a place that's big enough to host. And I love, I love throwing people in a room and, you know, opening some wine and, you know, seeing who talks to who, right? And you find all these interesting connections that you wouldn't have expected otherwise. Mm-hmm. And there have been, you know, just a few times where, you know, you just get, I kind of maybe get the most random group of people together or something, and it's just clicked beautifully. So maybe maybe that's it. I, Yeah, the extroverted nature of me, especially working from home and being alone all day, I think perhaps I am even more of an extrovert in my outside of work time, and I'm really looking to get out and do something with people at night. Um, I just learned the difference between, like, so, like, extrovert and outgoing are not the same thing. They are different. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, I'm an outgoing introvert. Oh, okay. I draw my energy when I'm alone, but I like to go out and meet people. That makes sense. So, as an extrovert, you're saying that you draw your energy when you're around a lot of people. Correct. I do. Okay. Yeah. So, if I work from home, you know, too many days in a row and don't actually get out, I actually do very genuinely lose my energy. It's very interesting, and I've seen it happen. You know, have you thought about coffee shops or co-working space? Yeah, and I and I definitely um, I have worked in coffee shops some, and I have definitely considered networking spaces. I think the number one thing that keeps me at home is that I have pets, and I actually love being at home with them during the day. And then I I feel a lot less um, guilt now. I used to feel so guilty, you know, working all day. Excuse me, going out all night. You know, and then not being home with them very much. And so I love being home with them. And I also see the positive difference in them and my own pets not being alone as much. Mm. And so although I I think I would enjoy a networking space, um, you know, uh, like a co-sharing space or whatever, I think that my pets will keep me working from home for sure. Right. What kind of pets do you have? Um, Well, I have two cats. Um, but then actually my roommate has a dog and so <laughs> it's me with the three animals at home all day together, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. And all, I mean, all they do is sleep, but they all take turns kind of sleeping with me on me next to me. <laughs> and it's the most entertaining, happy situation. And I, and I love, love, love being around them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Um, so even though you said that you take life as it comes, I personally try to visualize the things that I want, you know, to come about, like, mm-hmm. in my third eye, which is, like, if you were to imagine there was a movie screen kind of, like, right here, mm-hmm. you're, like, watching a movie of what's happening, mm-hmm. then that's using your third eye. So I'm going to ask you to kind of, like, dream or tell me what your ideal, like day would be day right now and also like a year from now like where do you see yourself 
if it were an ideal world? Just on a normal day? Normal. You can do the normal day first. Normal day today? What's your ideal day? Um, so you mean like a non-work day? If that's ideal. <laughs> if it's ideal for you to go to work, then you can say that, but I would imagine it's not. Okay. Um, you know, so I guess right now, you know, just kind of my... My ideal, I guess, so my ideal San Francisco day, you know, so um, would be where me and my girlfriends, we go to our favorite yoga class, and then we go from there to brunch together, and then, you know, maybe brunch leads us to going to the park together, and then, um, you know, we all split up and then reconvene, you know, for like, you know, dinner together, but I would say, you know, starting my day with yoga and then kind of eating my drinking, eating and drinking my way through the day with my friends in the city would just kind of be ideal any day. Mm -hmm. Having the weather beautiful, having that connection with nature, having your, you know, outdoor brunch on your favorite patio to sharing your bottle of wine in the park. I would say, you know, that's kind of how, that would just be a really, really happy, very fulfilling day here today. Right on. Yeah. Sounds like many people's. <laughs> Sounds pretty typical, experience. right? Yeah, yeah. I can understand. It's not that unique. I think yeah. That's why people want to live here. Yep. Yeah. And you can do it every day, uh, every day of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, you said that you're interested in partnership. Mm-hmm. So, what are the characteristics of a partner that you're looking for? Like, what what are you attracted to? So, I think that the open mindedness thing I mentioned earlier is really big. That's just what I look for in anyone I have in my life. Period. So, in my friends, but then certainly in um, you know someone I would share something deeper with. So, just someone who was really just non-judgmental, you know, caring, um, who has, you know, empathy for other, other people and other thoughts. I think that's really big. And then the other thing is I just really want someone who'd want to spend time with me. Like I'm, I'm, we, we touched on this earlier with relationships near and far. I'm a, I'm, I'm someone who really values time. And so I just really want someone who wants to spend time with me. I think it's pretty simple, you know, Mm. travel with me, you know, um, just, do nothing with me, right? You know, it doesn't have to be particularly, you know, fancy or whatever. Just just quality time. So that would, that would be it. So is, that's one of your love languages then? Yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. Quality time? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not read that whole book, but I'm definitely aware of the five, and time is my complete number one that I'm looking for. What are the other ones? I think it's touch, gifts, Words of affirmation. And acts of service. And quality time, yeah. Yeah, those are the five, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the next one for you? Um, so after after time, quality time, um, it's hard to say for sure. No, it's not gifts. Gifts is definitely like complete last. I would maybe say... It might be physical touch, perhaps. It might go from, that's probably true, actually. It probably goes from quality time to physical touch. And then, yeah, uh, that would be my guess. And externally, are there any characteristics, like, do you want to be a certain faith or a certain type of person, look a certain way? Like, do you have a physical type? Um, sometimes, but I think it's changed over time. You know, I think that, I think that who I thought I was looking for is, is not quite accurate anymore. 
that makes sense. So I think that you end up being surprised who, you know, who you are attracted to. And, and so I'm trying to be a lot more open-minded about all that together. You know, like there's just some people I either am or I'm not attracted to. And it's like, you know, I can't even quite put my finger on why. Right. And so I think that, I think for me over time, that's all changed. I'm trying to focus on it less. It's just like I am or I'm not attracted to them. I tend to know it pretty quickly one way or the other. And then I kind of go from there. That makes sense. Um, have you been in many relationships in your life? Not many, but some, you know, a handful, a handful of long-term relationships. Yeah. What are the two longest relationships you've been in? Uh, one was three and a half years and one was a year. So those are my two longest. And how recent were they? They were back in my like mid twenties. So my longer relationships were definitely when I was younger. That's the way it worked for me, too. Really? Yeah, when I was yeah, in my 20s, I, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, they keep being <laughs> I don't short. know what that means. Well, I think for one, it's like you know what you want more. So you, you know? figure it out quickly. You figure it out quicker. It's yeah. easier to go deeper with somebody quicker. Yeah, I so agree you're with just all like, of that. You know, you just go. Yeah. You go in, and then you're like, you know what? Like, that's this is what I want. What do you, you can communicate better, too, mm-hmm. right? Because before, mm-hmm. you're just like happy to have a partnership maybe or something I don't know but now it's like well this is what I'm going to do and this is what I need from a relationship and either the person is able to meet you there or they're not or they're not right Um, I agree it's also an interesting thing in San Francisco this goes back to the way we relate but there's so many people here and so many types of people especially like if you think you could like swipe left and find somebody new that Mm -hmm. maybe people are less willing to engage like deeply or like engage with things that are somewhat uncomfortable right mm-hmm. like like what do you do when someone's human side comes out it's yeah. not perfect it's like do you bounce or like are you willing to kind of like get in there right mm-hmm. I don't know it just seems like in cities that there's you know there's someone new around every corner there's someone new in every bar so there's something very quick that people do here yeah as soon as something comes out that's human that they just just move on I don't know that's my impression that might not be completely correct but I think there's to a certain extent it is and for for whatever for whatever reason people think there's kind of an endless amount of other options out there and they don't give it time and they don't meet people organically they don't meet people in person which is how I much prefer it, you know, because I can't tell on paper if I have a connection with someone just because I just because I like the way they look or think where they work sounds like a cool job. I mean, that's doesn't really mean that much, right? It's mm-hmm. just so much more than that. Yeah, it's the intangible part. It's yeah, and and no online dating site's been able to capture that from what I can tell. <laughs> so it's not working for me. Yeah, I I was at some like rapid prototyping online dating thing, which. I like it was I wish I hadn't gone but if I hadn't gone I wouldn't (laughs) be able to tell you this story it's true it was a friend that asked me to come but it was online speed dating but instead of tinder you were using like skype basically so you would like skype with a person for like two minutes or something okay you know which I guess is a little bit more like they're like a moving image instead of a still image Mm -hmm. but I still feel like that electricity is not going to be communicated through that. Through Skype. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's, 
it's like people have such a like such a strong desire to connect with other people and also such a fear of it mm-hmm. you know it's like yes let's make it safe let's like sterilize it to some mm-hmm. degree mm-hmm. but it's so fun I mean I, I've been doing it for so long that I kind of um, don't remember what it's like otherwise you know mm-hmm. like I talk to everyone you know if someone's standing next to me then that then I talk to them yeah you know that's just how I think it's supposed to be um just makes time pass faster. Like you go to the post office and like no one's talking, you know? You're <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, this would be a much more enjoyable experience if we just had a conversation, you yeah. know, about whatever, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. What is it about our culture that told us to not talk to the people that are around us when we go out? I don't know. I don't know. I had this, I had this conversation with someone recently. I don't, I wish I could remember the context, but they brought this up, but, but I agree. I mean, I don't talk to people on the bus. You know, I don't talk to people as I'm, you know, waiting for the crosswalk. I don't talk to people when I'm waiting in line for my coffee, mm-hmm. you know, but why not? Why have we decided not to do that? I don't know. I do it all the time. I mean, I think it's... <laughs> See, it's, it's, I totally it's, don't. <laughs> it's very clear that, to me, that we are communal beings, you know. It's like, I feel like we're actually more like, you know, birds or ants in the way that we're supposed to interact with each other, mm-hmm. you know. It's supposed to be like... Like, if we're walking by and you need something that you would say, like, I need this and then I would give it to you, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and if we don't have to have a relationship, it's just like, yeah, because you're a human being also, you know, right. like team right. human being. Um, but that's actually why, you know, that's what motivates me to do this work, right? Like, like why are we having this conversation? Because it's cool, like, because it's cool that human beings get to know each other, right? Like, it doesn't, you don't have to be, like, a celebrity, right? You know, it's just, like, I don't know. That's what it's all about for me. It's, like, having people value that Mm -hmm. little spark of connection. Connection. Yeah. See, to me, what you just described is Burning Man, because it's all about connecting. And for some reason, all those shields are just down, you know, so you connect with people nonstop. Right. And and you and your talk of you know you know thinking and needing something and it's presented to you is exactly how things are there too, you know right when you could really use a cup of coffee there's a cup of coffee you know right when you could really use an ice cream cone well there there is one and right. it, it's it's it was very to me it's like the most interesting social experiment I've ever been a part of. Yeah, I hear you. I think the thing is for me about it is like. I haven't been to Burning Man, but my understanding of it is it's not a very diverse place, right? And it also costs, you have to like pay and do a lot of things that a lot of people just don't have access to. That's a good point. You're right. It is expensive, you know, you know, because of all the prep that it takes. And I will agree with you it, at a general glance, there's not diversity there. Right. And that's a good point. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's important to figure out ways to bring that spirit back to everywhere and that's that's actually that that's when I changed my name because like I started going by Dijon at lighting in a bottle like three years ago it was only at festivals Mm -hmm. you know because it was like like my playing name name, yeah uh uh-huh but like that but but I had this this switch click about Mm -hmm. a year ago at Bliss Camp and I was like oh like this is not an escape you know this is this practice. Is, this is you. Yeah, this is practice so that we know how to take this mentality out and, like, 
the more mystic come and the more of us go and take it out and, and, take then, it out. and you come back and charge up and then take it out yeah. and you just slowly shift the culture where it's just like yeah. you treat people with decency and like respect just because they're a human being just all the time we sort of talked about that too we sort of talked about how can we we talked amongst our group how can we take this and take it you know out to the real world you know mm-hmm. how much of that happens i'm not sure but it's a great concept well, it's up to us. You know? It's up to us to do it. Right? Just, you know, you look at something crazy in the real world and, you know, you think to yourself, like, what, you know, what on earth is that? You know, and you see something crazy at Burning Man and you think, wow, that's so cool. That's so creative. Why don't you take that positive spin on the interesting creativity crazy, you know, bring some, you know, just bring that energy back to the real world. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would like to see you bring something with your singing in artistic abilities to San Francisco <laughs> culture. I would like to do that as well. Yeah. Do you, I know a theater group that I could connect you to if you're yeah. like at all interested in that. I would be very interested. There yeah. was a theater group called the Fog Theater that did, um, they took Souls of San Francisco stories and projected them like behind everyone. They had a whole like, room of people and they kind of made their own stories like they expanded the stories and like made their own stories and made songs about them and then people got up and like I would read the interaction with them first so like they would play the person and I would play myself we'd have the interaction and then they would like continue on with the story like turn to the audience and like sing the rest of it (laughs) Um, and it was actually really really cool because it was like the people that I took pictures of were there Mm mm-hmm and then we were reenacting a piece of art that I had made about this interaction with people that I had there. And then this other people were um, making up their own story about who that person was. And then this person was being to see, like, my version of them and then their version of them, you know? It was just, like, this really multi-layered community That sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was so cool. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is community. Because it's like... No one gave a fuck about what was going on outside of the room. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, everyone was just, like, so there. In, in there, you yeah. Know, no one was checking their phone, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was just, like... Mm. I would love to learn more then about, yeah. Yeah, I can connect you with a Fog Theater, F-O-G-G Theater. Okay. You know? They just mm-hmm. did a, they just had a show called The Cable Car Nymphomaniac. Oh, I've heard, I, I saw that advertised. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think it got great reviews. Yeah. Um, I enjoy... There's stuff because they're my friends, but in general, I have a hard time with musicals because, I don't know, I'm just like, <laughs> obviously people sting their emotions, right? Like, like if there's like Nina Simone, you feel a lot of emotion, but they don't usually articulate it also, right? Like, I'm sad, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, what? See, now I think the world would be a much better place if we all broke into song. Yeah. Like, to me, that would be a really wonderful place to live. Yeah. Yeah. If you you were just so happy that there's nothing else you could do but burst into song and sing about it, or you were so sad that, you know, it was the one way to get that. I don't know. There, I, I think that's probably true. It would move the energy <laughs> around. Yeah. I mean, I dance a lot. I dance around the city all the time, like, right yeah. now I'm feeling, but I don't sing. Sing. It. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to sing, so. <laughs> so let it out. Sing. So yeah. let it out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. 
You should do it. In in Chicago, I was fortunate to um, get paired up with a really fantastic voice teacher and a piano player, and then I um, did some group shows, and then I did my own solo cabaret show there. And I've always talked about bringing my solo cabaret show to San Francisco, kind of tweaking it a little bit, but doing it here. And that would be really, really, really cool. I just need to get back into it. I know. I need um, need a piano player to work with locally. So if I really maybe meet some people through Theater Connection and get out there more, I could make that connection. There are tons of piano players. Yeah, and there's tons. I know. I know. It's just one of those things that I need to make the effort. But I know it would be really fun. It was was a really cool experience. Mm. My show was um, all songs. um, It was all about being single. And it was about dating and about getting your heart broken and falling in love and, um, you know, being broken up with and um, cheating and sex and you name it. Like when it comes to that, I I had a song about every one of those topics. Based on your personal experiences? It was, yeah. And they were all songs that are out there. They're all songs from musicals or kind of in pop culture or whatever. Um, so none of the music was original, but the uh, the stories that I shared in between the songs that kind of then, you know, transition from one song to the other, those were all my own personal stories. Mm. Sounds interesting. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, did your relationships end in heartbreak? Some of them. So I'm talking about the three and a half year one and the one year one. Sir, um, certainly at the time it was hard, but both relationships needed to end. Neither one of them were right for either one of us, so they both needed to end. And so, sure, it was definitely hard at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like the three and a half year one. I mean, that's a long time. You know, so that's a it's a really hard thing to come to the realization that you shouldn't be together anymore. And that was that was really hard. But, um, but though, you know, but those two, I knew it needed to end and they knew it needed to end. So, um, even it's, though I it's still wrote, hard for people sometimes, hard. even with both yeah. people know, you right. know, cause it's like habitual. Yeah. I've had other shorter relationships that I didn't want them to end. Like I wasn't ready for them to end. And those have actually been personally a lot harder for me because it was like, I didn't get, to that place you know I still wanted there was something I thought I saw and wanted more of right and but the other person didn't and those were those were actually harder for me to accept mm-hmm. because I I, I I was into them and falling for them and thought there was more and but they didn't and they ended it those were actually hard I think bigger heartbreaks interesting enough even yeah. though they were shorter right well I think anytime you're not ready for a relationship to end that's probably going to hurt more than if yeah, you're like right this should be over now. Right, right. Then if you've had problems and you, right. you know, have, you know, kind of let it run its course. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, I met, I mean, I've had a lot of different relationships and a lot of love and a lot of heartbreak. And I think one, the last like long-term relationship I was in, it was somebody I kind of met on the street, like doing this project and that was one I guess I didn't want to end, even though I kind of felt like it needed to. And I think up until that relationship, I had always had a hard time like letting go of situations, like just because it was always strange to me. Like you can love someone and be so close and share all these things. And then like, and then you like don't know them basically, like pretend like you don't know them. But I feel like that situation was the one that taught me like how to let go you know, like I suffered so much 
through it that it like yeah. it just couldn't get any worse and I had already been through those types of situations before right and I'm just like oh I finally got to the place where I was like I'm all right mm-hmm. you know like um and I think the other thing about this project is like it's so easy for me to connect with people um it just requires just openness basically mm-hmm. um you can just love the energy and not be overly attached to the manifestation because right. everyone's on their own path and time is speeding up, you know? So people have their own journeys to go on. So perhaps, you know, as you're swirling through the universe, as we actually are, you know, things are not static. We're actually moving through space. Like you align with somebody for a certain amount of time and then you like start to go your own way. Yeah. I think that's the key. How do you find someone and then align, but then choose to stay aligned? I actually think that's what it takes, right? You know, you, 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 you connect, but then I think it, you know, becomes a choice for the two of you to continue on that path together. Well, that is one way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Or, but it depends on what you want. Right. Though, right? Right. Like, or you let it go. Yeah. It's like, if you want that, if you want a long term relationship or you want to start a family, maybe you do choose to make sacrifices. But, um, like we were saying with San Francisco, is it is a place with so many people that you could just want to do what's fun at the moment. Like, it could be your choice, or you could have alternative relationship styles Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. polyamory or open relationships or, you know. To be continually fulfilled along the way. Well, just to have more flexibility. It's like, yeah. I think it's, um, I don't know what your relationship style is, your preferred one. Is it like monogamy? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think in theory, polyamory or like open relationships have always made more sense to me. But in practice, like I'm a serial monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um, monogamist um, but I mean I've read like books on like open relationships and just trying to like learn more about them and there are interesting concepts in there mm-hmm. right like like one word compersion which is I guess invented by people in open relationships and it's like the opposite of jealousy mm-hmm. so it's like if you're in a relationship with somebody like, you're happy for them to have the things that they want, even if that includes, like, another connection with another person, mm-hmm. right? So just learning that word, like, kind of opens you up to a new way of thinking. And you're right. Like, that it's actually makes sense, else. you know? Right. It, like, makes sense that you wouldn't be, like, mine, you know? Right. You can't do anything <laughs> with anybody else. Um, but lining that up internally with your emotional response to a situation, I think, takes mm-hmm. effort. But I also think that it's a choice in the same way that your happiness was a choice, yeah. right? Like you can just be like, this is going to be my response to this situation. Right. Um, I think the thing for me was just like, since I've been extremely focused on my career and like getting my lifestyle to a certain point that I didn't want to put my energy into like shifting my relationship ideology mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but I think now that my life is more like settled in other ways it's like something I'm more interested in exploring mm-hmm. or just figuring out what works like right. just being open to a situation seeing what actually feels right right that makes sense yeah yeah 
that's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a very very emotional, sensitive person, so I don't think I could ever shift my ideology enough in the other direction. But I think your open mindedness to exploring it's really interesting. It could open you up to some really cool possibilities. Mm-hmm. I just know myself and and what I'm. I just know myself what I'm looking for, and even though in a lot of ways I've evolved as a person, as far as um, you know, being with someone, uh, I do. I want them all myself, <laughs> and vice versa. I just know that that's something that I'm really desiring. Like physically or like emotionally too. Like yeah, the, all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just mm-hmm. to have, you know, just that really, really deep overall connection with with that one person, and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if everybody gets it, if everybody, if everybody finds it. I'm not really sure, but it's something I'm not ready to give up on anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Right on. Mm-hmm. Well, you do know what you're looking, looking forward there to. There we go. <laughs> got a definitive, this is what Christy wants. Yeah, right that's true. Um, well, that feels pretty thorough to me. Um, is there... Anything that we didn't talk about that you want to share? Nothing really comes to mind that I can think of. Well, it was a pleasure getting to know you. I feel like most of the other people that I've done these with, I've like kind of known to some degree before, and it's nice to do it with somebody that don't really know anything about. <laughs> um, it's kind of fun. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely, thanks for having me.